Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode, another, that's weird to say, of the <laughs> Rate the Record podcast, episode 35, Woo. and uh, I, I, you think by now, over the last few episodes, I would have something, like, clever to say, because I'm like, oh, I don't have anything clever to say anymore, I don't plan, I don't know, but it's episode 35. Yay! I'm, every time we get past, every time we got past 10, I'm like, I cannot believe we are still doing this. This is, yeah. this is wild. Yeah, we're still going. We're still going strong. So your strong-ass host of the day are Chris Hand. Savannah. Yeah, absolutely strength. Just You can see my rippling muscles, especially through the rip in my, my old-ass oh. tool shirt I'm wearing. And the oh, reason yeah. why I'm wearing a tool shirt today is because that's the album or band that we're looking at. Tool and their 1996 album. Anima, and yes, I had to look up how to say that properly, and that's through Adam Jones, the guitarist himself. So, uh, you want to debate? Debate him. It's Anima. That's what he said. So that's what I'm going by. Interesting. I have just been saying, you know, that that one I can't pronounce. Just Anima, even, Anima. Like yeah. people pronounce it so differently. Yeah, I said Anima for a long time. I didn't even want to try. But listen to me getting ahead of myself talking about today's album already. But first off, I just want to say welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today. We sure hope that you have a lot of fun hanging out, listening to us talk about Tool. Maybe you really like this album. Curious of our opinions. We're curious of yours. So by all means, you can like, subscribe, comment, rate, share, follow, all those things to help build our musical community that we're trying oh so hard to do. It's getting better by the day, and you can be a part of that. So please do all of that. That's fantastic. And also, very importantly, that subscribe button on YouTube, not only because, hey, we want subscribers on YouTube, but when we hit 100, at the point of recording this, we're not at 100 yet, but when we do, we're going to start doing record giveaways. We announced this last week, it's posted on our social medias now, but yes, 100 subscribers on YouTube, and we will start doing one record giveaway per month for every month we're over 100 subscribers, so keep that in mind, go ahead, hit that button, and who knows, maybe you'll have a brand new piece of vinyl to add to your collection. Damn right. And then you have to make a video and then link us to it so we can see you with your record. Exactly. Unboxing video tag rate the record will be there. I mean, not physically, but we will we'll be there in spirit. I will be there. I will physically physically. Yeah, because we'll need to know your address to mail you the album. So (laughs) knock, knock. Hope you got some fresh lemonade. Anyway, (laughs) yes, you can do that. But also, yeah, on the audio platforms, too, uh, if you just leave some uh, really cool ratings and comments, help build this up over there, too, in those uh, those, uh, genres, I guess, or whatever. Musical commentary, higher in the rankings. That's what we want. We want other people like you to see this podcast. So please do that as well if that's where you're listening. Yes, yes. God, I'm always just all over the place with these intros. I have no idea what I'm doing anymore. You think I would after 35 episodes, but no, not me. Well, I figure your script is just do the thing, say the thing, move on. Remember what you said last time? And I'm just sitting there like, what is that exactly? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what I do remember to say, though, is that if you've been here before, welcome back to the podcast. We are glad that you are here, glad that you like us just enough to hang out with us once again this uh-huh. week. But if you are brand new to the episode or show, I should say, welcome to the Rate the Record podcast. We are very glad to have you here. We hope you enjoy your stay. And if you are new here, that means you probably don't know what we do. So let me break it down for you real quick. Each week, Savannah and I will choose an album, be it completely at random, you know, just our own choices. Maybe the album celebrating some sort of milestone anniversary, or maybe it's a listener request from people like you, some Mm. PBS, some PBS thing going on. Like me? Yes, you, except not you, because you're an actual host (laughs) and not a listener. But anyways, we will choose an album. We discuss it at length. We rank the songs and then we rate the record. Woo! I still haven't learned how to whistle, like dog whistle. 
So you're going to have to take like an extensive 20 step course on how to whistle with fingers. Well, I mean, my excuse this week is I'm getting over the flu. So just a pre-warning, I sound incredibly nasally, at least I do in my own head, but uh, I could not whistle to save my life this week. No, or maybe your nose will be so stuffed that you just plug one nostril, exhale, and it makes that whistling <laughs> sound. That's as close as it gets. <laughs> if, if it works, it works. Absolutely. You got to whistle somehow. I mean, there's t- so many ways to do it, but we're not talking about whistling, though. We, as I mentioned before, are talking about Tool and Anima, their 1996 stu- second studio album. Uh, as you see, I'm wearing the Tool shirt today. and I don't know if you can see video viewers. It's got a dick on the back. I hope YouTube, nice. I hope YouTube doesn't uh, fucking block that out. <laughs> Whatever, it's there anyways. It's phallic imagery because it's tool, huh? Get it? Anyways, I've had this shirt for 20 years and it still fits me, hence why like it's all torn here on the shoulder. It looks all scrunkly and weird. I have a I have a long sleeve tool shirt from their Fear Inoculum tour in what 2019? Yeah, that would have been fairly recent. Yeah. But it's far too hot in my house for me to wear a tight long sleeve i was, I was gonna, gonna say, say wait I'm a wearing, minute <laughs> yeah i'm wearing something loose but i do have it and it's uh it's the only piece of merch that i have and surprisingly that is the only album i've listened to in its entirety up until listening to this one. Oh, you so, missed ladder ellis wow i did i did well i prepare for crucifixion we we shall see if this one forces me to listen to the rest Oh, I think you should regardless. But that's just my opinion, and there's going to be plenty of those coming. Mm-hmm. But before, speaking of opinions, before we get too far, there is a disclaimer that we'd like to read just to make sure that, you know, we're all on the same page, we're all cool with things, and even if we agree or disagree with opinions, we could just be civil about things, understand that this is just a fun podcast that we'd like to do. So what is that disclaimer? <clears throat> the following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss on Rate the Record regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We are simply two friends having fun, discussing and listening to music. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter of each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence based on the opinions of ourselves or others. This podcast is a casual and for fun project, and you are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of, are you wearing a tie? A grain of salt. I was trying to do a full Windsor nod by the time you were able to finish that, but I forgot to do it when you started. I was like, shit, I'm too late. Well, I, I heard you kind of giggle, and I'm trying to make more, like, uh, camera eye contact it's while I'm It's a tie, leaving. by the way. Ooh, so I look coffee. up, and I just was not expecting that at all. Yeah, I saw you look up periodically, and I'm like, oh, she's checking on me now. <laughs> oh, no. I, I'm trying not to keep my nose buried in my phone as I'm reading the disclaimer week to week. That's fine if it makes you rate it any better than all is well on this end. Yeah. Alrighty then. So yes, that is a disclaimer. Make sure you follow that. And if you could tie a full winch knot, good for you. I can too. I just <laughs> didn't have enough time to do it. I can't do it super fast. But anyways, that is super irrelevant because mm-hmm. what's really relevant is talking about Tool and Anima, as we already mentioned. And I mean, if, you, if you're here, you already know who the hell Tool is because, I mean, they're just one of those once in a generation type bands. But if you don't, it doesn't matter. I'm going to read it anyways. I mean, and by it, I mean a little bit of a description of the band. 
So Tool is an alternative and progressive metal band that formed in 1990 out of Los Angeles, California. The band consists of nearly every original member, including Maynard James Keenan on vocals, Adam Jones on guitar, Danny Carey on drums and percussion, and originally Paul Damore on bass, but would be replaced by Justin Chancellor in 1995, a year prior to today's album. The band has gone off, gone on, sorry, to be one of the most iconic groups in and around their genre, inspiring many bands with their unique approach to the metal genre. They're also known for the their unsettling artistic music videos that garner a lot of attention and controversy in their own right. So, Anima, again, as pronounced by Adam Jones, the guitarist, so I'm not saying this wrong, their second studio album was released in September 1996 under Zoo Entertainment. It was recorded at Ocean Way in Hollywood and The Hook, also in Hollywood, and produced by David Bottrill. The album received very positive reviews across the board. All Music gave it 4.5 out of 5 stars. The LA, the LA Times gave it 3.5 out of 4 stars. And Entertainment Weekly gave it an A-. Ooh, like a letter rating like us. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Is they ours going to be better? Yeah, will we give it an A-? minus? Will we give it better? We will see. Stick around. It hit number two on the U.S. Billboard charts, and it went seven times platinum through different countries, including the U.S. and Canada. I have a quick question. Sorry for interrupting you. You said number two on the Billboard charts. Is that like overall, or is it one of those specified Billboard charts? It said U.S. Uh, uh, US 200 or something Dang. like that. So like it's one of the main Billboard charts. Dang. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that was in the original year it came out. It charted again two, in two different years because there was like re-releases and like anniversary things. Uh, one of them I think might have been one number one, but I'm going by the original like yeah. release. That's awesome. And I only had one more sentence after that. The album spawned four singles, Stinkfist, H, Anima, or Anima, although the spelling of the song is different. It's kind of like Anima in a way. And 46 and 2. I, I don't think, think I... I don't think I ever paid attention that until t today, like despite how often I've heard this album, that the song is spelled differently from the album. I didn't even notice. Really? Is although, it actually? Yes, it is. Because uh, the I is replaced by an E as the song title. And uh, it's it's supposed to represent Enema because the song is about like a, a cleansing, more or less, yeah. like kill California type thing. Are you, really? I've not noticed. And not Maynard notice. James Keenan, being the troll that he is, probably did that very much on purpose. I, oh my god, I never noticed. I've been typing it the whole time. The I, same I, way. I like how it's yeah. blowing your mind in real time. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I'm I'm looking. Um, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, wow. well, that's, uh, yeah, that's me not paying any attention to the details. Woo. Okay, again, I've known this album longer than you, and I only just discovered this recently, yeah. so I'm worse off for it. Oh, okay, good. Whew. Thank goodness. Well, because you don't really think to look at one different letter in the entire, yeah, unless, like, the beginning or the end, then chances are you won't notice. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, so we, I just want to make a note before we go forward that, yes, this album is 15 songs long, but there are indeed five that we are not... Oops, sorry, I'm a little gassy there. Five <laughs> that we're not covering for this album, and as I scroll through my list here, first off, we're not doing Useful Idiot. We aren't doing, uh, we decided against doing Intermission. We're not scoring Message to Harry Man back, despite the fact that I fucking love that name. That's so That's so goddamn funny. <laughs> not scoring Cesaro some ability, and we're not scoring Ions either. All of those songs... More or less are just kind of like noisy interludes that aren't really tracks to score. Uh, message to Harry Manback is just like a, a piano loop with a voice message. And uh, Intermission is kind of like a reprise, but it's like a pre-reprise because it comes before the actual song that 
the motif comes from? Out of all five of them, that was the one that I liked the most. What, intermission? Yeah. Well, yeah. when we get to that point in the album, you could definitely talk about it. It just doesn't count towards the scores. That That's fine. I have two sentences for it and that's it, but we can hold off till we get there. Well, considering it's under a minute long, I wouldn't expect <laughs> any more than two sentences. If you had more than two sentences, I would be kind of freaked out. It's like, how much did you get out of this? Like, how, mu- how much music uh, music theory have you put into this? I'm like, I only did it for this one song. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then, we can finally get started with the album. So track number one, Stinkfist. So what do you got? So I know for sure it's a very distinctive title. I know I've heard the title, but I don't think I've ever heard the song before. Um, I liked it. I surprise. Um, now, I I really like. It it kind of tends to be the trend that when I hear a song that I really like that came out in the 90s, it normally comes out in 95, 96, or 97. Now, I don't know if it's the chord structure, the progression, the tone, the, I I don't know, sort of running themes around that time, but certain songs sort of have that vibe. And this song gives me that vibe. And I really liked it. Like, like I said, a lot of songs that I already like came out around that time. So there's just something, there's something about it. And here's my lack of music theory or anything really showing that it's just, it gives me tingles in my heart and I like it a lot, but. uh, You're very vague descriptions of bodily functions in a way. (laughs) Yes. It makes my heart beat. Um. I do like that the verse vocals are processed, like heavily processed, and the chorus comes out a lot more clear because it kind of feels like the verse is sort of like a a, a low speaking sort of, you know, it's okay talking. And then when the chorus comes in, it really hits you. When the vocals are clear, it's more like a listen to me, I demand your attention. And I like that. And especially because he's yelling in the chorus, too. So, like, yeah, yeah. if you weren't listening in the verse, you caught on in the chorus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, yeah, Stink- Stinkfist is a great song. Like, it's – I'm trying to remember as far back as I've known Tool, which is probably in the late 90s, is when I was first – like, I think, like, likely uh, – a song like Schism or Sober was probably like my first uh, exposure to Tool when they're both obviously amazing songs. Mm-hmm. But Stingfist was one of those ones that kind of snuck up on me and was like, hey, I really like this one too. So yeah. always great to come back to this one. It is a great start to the album. I absolutely love it because like it starts with like what I'm assuming is like this very heavily affected hand drum. I, I don't really know how to describe it, but it sounds like just a hand drum with tons of effects on it and everything like that. It's different from what we usually start with in this show, which is like some sort of like, you know, drum fill intro or just guitars right away type thing. So, yeah, yeah, this one definitely feels different. It's kind of interesting. Um, I love, like, the simple bending riff that kind of carries the entire verse. It goes well with the drums. Like, nothing too complex, but at the same time, just, like, you know, it's perfect for what it's trying to do. So, like, I really like that. And, yeah, Maynard's voice being, like, really muffled, which I believe there's, like, it's just a high-pass filter on his voice, but it's still, like, obviously there for a reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it sounds cool, though. Like, being... Being like this on the first song of the album caught me a little off guard, but at the same time, like, it's not that bad. But yeah, just the tone of his voice alone is so great that just like hearing that, it it, it does like it does a lot to the song and gives and gives it a good flow because you can just kind of like hear the vocal melody rather than just pay atten- too much attention to the lyrics. I guess. Mm-hmm. I uh, I definitely agree with this being a 
I guess, a good album starter because it kind of gets your attention because you're like, oh, what is this? Like, what am I in for if you have no idea? Um, I, I, I really like the texture that the guitar adds with the squeals and the scratches. And it's just, it's, it's like you're just sprinkling some seasoning on an already good meal. But it's like those seasonings that just pushes it it elevates it, you know, and it kind of feels like I'm listening to a far less aggressive Tom Morello where it's just like, I don't know. You're, you're just, you're using absolutely everything of the guitar as an instrument. You're just doing, you know, pick scratches on the the strings and just, I, I'm down for the innovation for sure. Um, and my first, like, for, sometimes I like to put myself in the thought of someone who's just not really familiar with the band and just like, well, what would this tell me about them? And right off the right out the gate, they sound very tight and the drum fills come and go at the right times. But it doesn't sound like there's a member in the band that wants the limelight more than the others. Like, it doesn't feel like someone's like, no, I have to one up you. No, I have to one up you. It's just the the pieces fit and i'm seeing what i did there yeah. but that's not wrong what I album meant. but i appreciate <laughs> the pun regardless that's not what I meant. <laughs> but yeah it's just it, it feels it i don't know it felt good i liked it i liked it a lot yeah excellent uh it, yeah because you're, you're right about the members too like no one even with like certain guitar solos and stuff like that like nothing really truly stands out but i don't mm. mean that in a bad way i mean yeah. i'm just like it just it adds to the sonic textures of the song itself and just like the soundscape is being filled properly and just I don't know. And you have a chance to appreciate everything rather than just focus on this alone, you know? Like, yeah. So that's that's why it works so well. Yeah. Um the song has a really excellent pre chorus too, um, which I thought it was good because that's when like the clean uh, the clean yelling vocals come in and everything like that. It's a really strong push with like distorted guitars and maynards again, clean yelling. I mean, like, is it weird if I describe the actual chorus itself as being playfully heavy? Uh, I don't think so. I think it might be pretty accurate. It, 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 I wanted to originally use the word whimsical, but heavy. But like, <laughs> I, I was like, oh, that's probably a little too much. It's overkill. But yeah, something like something about the actual chorus itself is playfully heavy. So I, I really enjoy that. I do love the dark and like percussive heavy middle portions, which this album is full of, by the way. Like there's a lot oh, of yeah. middle portions of this album where just like a lot of soundscapes, atmosphere, bass doing cool shit. And usually drums or some sort of percussion just going off. It sounds fantastic. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, obviously this is the first time we hear it on this album, so just I might even know about it. It adds a, like a really menacing intensity to the track. Uh, and the only other note I have really is uh, finger, knuckle, elbow, and shoulder. Sounds like he's really wearing his partner like a Muppet or something at this point. Yeah. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> like uh, I don't ch- listen ch- to the lyrics, and I'm glad that I, I don't. Because when you point them out, I'm like, all right. Right. Chances are, like, it has to do with something sexual because, again, Maynard's kind of a troll in his writing sometimes. Finger it's deep in the borderline, knuckle deep in the borderline, elbow deep in the borderline, shoulder deep in the borderline. This might hurt a little. Tur- uh, relax, turn around, tell me that you love me, take my hand, you, that that whole thing. It's like, called Stink Fist. I don't know what else, what other imagery you get. Stink arm. <laughs> stink, yeah. Because stink if you go up to the shoulder, I mean, you're a Muppet at that point. <laughs> and I think that's a great way to look at it. 
my god. <laughs> Alrighty then, we'll move on to song number uh-huh. two, Eulogy. Uh, the entire opening of the song feels fairly ritualistic in a way. Because, I mean, like, there's, like, a lot of, like, little sound layering and just kind of, like, things kind of popping up quietly all around. It's like a seance or something, or I guess in this case, a eulogy, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess that works thematically. Yeah. Um, th- the bass has, like, a chorus effect on it, which I really like. It sounds really cool, especially when the bass is playing in its higher octaves like it does in the beginning. It adds a nice texture to the sound. I really enjoyed that. And the choruses are great. Again, I mean, like, most of the choruses in the al- this album are fantastic as they are. Um... Just a sudden eruption of like power and energy off of a far more subdued verse is something I really enjoy, and they just they do it really well in their writing. Mm-hmm. It's from the beginning to me. It feels like there's only one person using a loop pedal and just adding more layers on layers on layers, and I'm down for it. I'm into it. Um, again, the vocals are processed through the verse, much more clear during the chorus. I do appreciate how that like, I guess, spoiler, is not the case through the entire album, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got a coffer on our hands. Oh, I'm sorry. I've, I just, I need to set up a button where it's just mute button because you see my hand it doesn't. If you temporarily hold a space bar, I think it mutes it on Zoom. Like, if you just hold it, I think it works like that. Yeah, to the audio listeners, uh, if there's like moments of silence like that, it's because Savannah's yeah. literally coughing. So I'm, just, yeah. I apologize. I'm trying to keep it in. Um, no, my, my keyboard is like three feet off of my, not three feet foot and a half off my desk so i can't even see my space bar i just have to feel around for it ah gotcha yep yeah perfect setup i have going on here um but uh but yeah so it's it's not like that the whole album which is nice um i do think that i hear like a sitar type thing under the chugging guitars during the first verse that was cool i heard it sort of rear rear right side that uh I appreciated that. And uh, yeah, I, I really, <laughs> in this one, one spot of my notes, I swear I had written and erased like six different things. And I said on, I tried to articulate the parts of this song that I like the most, but I can't even do that. I feel like I need a music degree to even direct you in the right direction. Like there's just parts that are so audibly pleasing to me. But I can't even say after this, before that, this time signature. I'm just like an overarching, I enjoyed it. Yeah, and like I'll go ahead and say we talked about this off camera, but there are particular members of the the Tool fan base community who uh, feel very righteous about tools composition and just the way they make music and everything like that and like you have to be smart to understand it i personally don't subscribe to that idea uh and i'm not insulting anyone out there by all means like you like music your own way and that's everything but just understand what we said in the beginning we are not professional music reviewers Mm -hmm. we do not have music degrees in any sort we just like listening to music and i i like dream theater so i know what guitar and drum wankery is like so i'm on your side in a way, I suppose. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, just like, here. yeah, just just because we don't catch on certain <laughs> things, just chill out about it. Remember, grain of salt, just like we yep. said in the beginning. Yep, yep, it's yep. all good. Um, yeah, so 
this song is like eight and a half minutes too. Like, I mean, there's many long songs. There's many long Tool songs, period. But this album had quite a few of them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love how aggressive the uh, the song gets in the later portions. But yet it's able to kind of reel itself in so well. So, like, I don't know. It's able to kind of, like, unleash a bit, but not so much that's suddenly all over the place. So, I don't know. It subdues itself a lot, which is really, really interesting. And, I mean... Uh, Maynard has a scream at the end of this song, which I thought was fantastic. And to think it's not even like the peak of his screaming abilities. Because mm-hmm. like it was a really long scream in this song, but I'm not certain if you're aware, but there's a song on um, Laterals called The Grudge. And at the end of the song, there's a 25-second fucking scream, and it's unbroken, and you actually hear his voice give out at the end. Like So he was actually doing it for 25 seconds, and it's... The, the most wild shit I've ever heard in my life. Who do, who just has that lung capacity? I bet that was the last day in the studio because the next three days is recovery. <laughs> but then that, like, he, I think he's, he's done something like that live. I don't know if it was the full 25 seconds, but I, I think he, they, they've definitely played the grudge before. So, okay. I mean, like, I'd be curious to see live videos. I don't think I've checked it out, but yeah. Just in this song, though, there was still another long scream, very high tone, just still came out really clean, just sounds fantastic. He's he's super good for it. So my my actual last note piggybacks on you talking about being subdued. Um, I don't know if it was technically a guitar solo at the end, but I like how even the seemingly random noises aren't overwhelming and I can feel the restraint. Like, he could have just gone and did whatever but just the hits here and there and noise and this, and then the song continues on. And it's just like, this is, this is, this is, I like, I like. It's very smart composition. It really is. Like, just as I mentioned earlier about Tool tool fans, you get really righteous about the composition, but it, it really is like, obviously the musicianship between these four are like absolutely just spot on, like, tighter than airtight like they're just super good for what they do so i mean like they trust each other with these decisions and it really comes out in these albums yeah that's it's wild it's yeah i don't know like i said from someone who hasn't listened to well really i guess actually listened to an entire tool record my mind is blown and we're only two songs in (laughs) Yeah, and it's funny too because like not that Fear Inoculum's a bad album, but at the same time, it's, it's I don't feel it's like the good one to be introduced to if you're yeah. getting into Tool. Uh, but yeah, again, it's not it's not a bad album, but that's also irrelevant right now because we have to keep discussing Anima right now, which is in the era of like some of their better albums. They don't even have a lot of albums as it is, but this was definitely mm-hmm. in the area of like their best stuff. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Laterals being like the big fan favorite. Maybe one day we'll cover that, but for now, we got to keep talking about this one. So, song number three. H, just simply H. The beginning of this, okay, now don't don't at me, don't come at me here. Um, the beginning of this kind of reminds me of Allison Chain's Angry Chair. It just kind of has the same sort of, I don't know, I don't know if it's a close chord progression or if it's sort of the same sort of tone, but that was just kind of what came to my head. Um, and then it kind of turns into the Chili Peppers, just it it had like that i i don't i might I, have to at you here <laughs> no 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 not the chili peppers in general but just like um oh, fuck i cannot think of what song it would be but it's like that john frusciante sort of like like i don't know what it is 
you know what? Okay. I, after this, I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to give you a specific timestamp so everyone can listen to it and go, yeah, I can kind of see that. Or she's not wrong. Timestamp. I, I think yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm looking at my notes. The three minute and 27 second mark. I'll just, I'll read this note right ahead because like you're already at that point. This quiet little looped hammer on riff on the guitar sounds so good harmonized with the bass. It gave me chills. Like, Maybe. so that very well could be it, especially if it wasn't directly in the beginning of the song, because there was like a little, like little hammer on thing going on like towards the middle so i think that might be what you're talking about i did describe it as a delayed dreamy and clean guitar yeah that's got to be it then okay because it definitely reminded me of like late 90s chili peppers where they started kind of getting a little poppy but like i don't know i i heard it and i was like this sounds this sounds of its time but not in a dated bad way but in a i've heard this before yeah like I think it sounds really good, yeah. uh, especially because, like, the, the bass is kind of, like, playing its own, like, slower harmony behind this constant loop and just changing, like, the key and everything like that all the time. So I, I think that part sounds incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of it. I, I don't know if I'd call it Chili Pepper-esque. Like, I know what you're I know what you're saying. I know what you're getting at. But just, like, that's, a, yeah. that's the first thing to jump to is that. Just, okay. Okay, so we're just going to rewind to the Chili Peppers episode. So if anybody thinks that me saying that is offensive or, you know, whoa, whoa, she went too far, listen to that and hear what I had to say about them. And then you'll be like, oh, okay, all right. Fine. Chances are a lot of Tool fans are either Chili Pepper fans or they've at least heard Chili Pepper tracks because I mean yeah. like I don't know bands that were really big in like the early to late 90s like in that kind of rock scene seem to be pretty tight amongst each other like not even if they're like buddy buddy but like they've toured with each other they've met each other they're all aware yeah. of their music so chances are the fan bases have like commingled and like learn to love each other's music type thing. So I, I would think people know. And by the way, if you don't know, it's uh, the album we did was Blood Sugar Sex Magic. So there's your reference. Yeah. There. There. I don't know where it is. Oh, on the, the card. I was like, yeah. I was like, Wait, what, is it up are, there? You chasing, are you chasing a fly on the screen or something? No, like, no, <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Um, yeah. Don't worry. It'll have popped up already. <laughs> Chances are it's above my head realistically. Cause it's like top right of the screen. So it's like up here. Okay, but anyways, yes, the song Age, we're just kind of going off. Yeah, I I love the, I said, holy shit, I absolutely love, like, the really crunchy, rusty-sounding bass tone in the beginning. Just, holy Christ, like, what the hell is that? I love it. (laughs) It's super cool. Uh, This song is so great at building atmosphere, too. Like, there's so much to feel and hear in this song, so there's kind of, like, a lot to take in, especially as the song progresses, too. Like, you, you get these, like, super smooth passages into these, like, noisy transitions and everything, so that works out really well. It's such a trip to move through, and but although, granted, that can be said about a lot on this album. So it's not necessarily just, necessarily just the song, but it's, I guess, where I decided to put that in as a note. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, this is an excellent display of, like, Maynard's clean vocals, here, like especially like the softer side too, uh, Maynard can sound really in, un- angelic when he's singing, and it's just amazing overall. Like everyone hears me gush about Mike Patton all the time. We've done two Bungle episodes now that, that I can talk about it, but I mean, who the hell's gonna argue that Maynard James Keenan is not a good singer? Like mm-hmm. the the guy has like the voice of an angel, a very trollish, hellish devil angel. <laughs> <laughs> we all know. 
Uh, but yeah, then my next note was just literally about the, the middle section with the, the, the guitar hammer-ons. I, I loved it. And there's also like a constant like ticking percussion that kind of gives everything like a great pacing as well without like letting everything else drift away. So like, I don't know. Everything was, again, structured very well in this portion of the song. It could have just taken off into this kind of like freeform atmospheric piece, but no, the drums kind of kept everything grounded, so that was really cool. And really, though, it's amazing how lengthy these tracks can be, uh, but like everything we've heard so far works so well even with the time because usually I complain about – not all the time, but I'll complain yeah. about a long song like if – you're just carrying it on for the sake of carrying it on. Just like you yeah. want a long song in your album. No, like they quite literally use time so well in this album and just like really keep you feeling things for a long amount of time to the point where you're not even looking at the clock. So I think that's really great. And I can't imagine most of these tracks being any shorter. I admittedly looked at the time for one song and that was it. Well, I you're allowed I to admit of, that. It's okay. Well, no, no. Like it's just, it's one of those like, I normally, like you said, like I will completely bitch and complain. I'm like, oh, you don't have my attention. I'm so bored. Uh." But with this one, it was just one song and that was it. And I was like, eh, like, okay, fine. There were two. One of them, I looked at the time. And then by the time I was like, oh, when's it almost over? There was like a minute left. I'm like, yeah, I can deal with that. That's fine. Then they changed it up enough that it caught my attention again. Then another one, I looked at the time. I was like, eh, I might be running a little long, but that's it. For such a lengthy album, only have one of them that is like, yeah, might be a little too long and everything else is like spot on. It's that that's a pretty good percentage. Now, what was it the obvious choice in saying that it was third eye that you might think was too long? Okay, it was not. It actually was. Okay, cool, cool. Because I I was like, that's the obvious choice to say because it's fucking 13 minutes long. But I mean, yeah, there's other songs that you could definitely say that for. We'll get there when we get there. You can tell us that one. So I only have a couple more about this one. Um, now a lot of them, if not all or about, are about the drums. So I really enjoyed the cymbal hits with the last guitar strum of the phrase. Cause it makes it kind of feel like, like I need to take a breath, you know, it's just like, it's forcing that breath to me. Yeah. Um, the drums have like a surround sound that really helps it fill out and sound dense without actually having to do much work or add too much to the song. You're really just, I, I don't know how to, I don't know, maybe it's just the way it was mic'd up or something, but very minimal is required for such a maximum payoff. And question for you, um, speaking of drums, how many fucking arms does this guy have? There is no way that's one person. Ah, yes, Danny Carey. Like, I, I listen to Rush. I really like Rush. I listen to Neil Peart. He sounds like one human being. This did not. This did not sound like one human being. There, there, there's a few things I want to say about that, and I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible. First off, Danny Carey, the drummer, is uh, he's one of a few drummers uh, in the pantheon of rock, and like especially like late '80s, early '90s. That is like people have considered Neil Peart esque. Mm-hmm. Like that, like I mentioned back in Primus, Tim Alexander, Danny Carey, like the two big ones that people keep coming back to, and you can clearly hear why yeah at the same time no disrespect to neil peart at all because obviously i'm a huge rush fan and fucking neil's an, an amazing drummer but like i hate when people constantly compare other drummers to him it's like yeah. oh well he, they were he clearly inspired or like he's they're using neil peart style it's like 
That's very much so, but also you got to realize these drummers are like making their own version of it as well. They're not just playing like because remember Neil Peart was a huge Buddy Rich fan. That's and so, what like, I was just gonna say. Yeah, it was, yeah. Like, it was like a big band jazz type thing. Yeah, and yeah. so like Danny Carey's not fucking playing Buddy Rich. Like yeah, he might be. He's very inspired by Neil Peart. That's very obvious. But at the same time, just like he's kind of like as most musicians do take their inspiration and make it their own. That yeah. I mean, you're not a good musician if you don't do that. If you play your inspiration forever, you're not a good musician. You have to make yeah. it your own eventually. And Danny Carey's one of those drummers that definitely did it. Yes, it's very prog- uh, progressive drumming, obviously. I mean, you can compare it to Neil Peart all day and night because that's his biggest influence. Yeah. But at the same time, Danny Carey's is in his own goddamn world. So, I mean, like, there's... He's comparable to almost none. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just... Like, yeah, again, I love Neil Peart, but please stop just comparing them. Just it, it, It's a whole different generation, a whole different style of music, a whole different genre. Yeah. Just let it be its own thing. And just because you just because you cook the same type of like the same um, like type of food doesn't make you like rivals or, oh, you copied so and so. It's like, no, you just learned from the same place. Shrug. I've had many different pizzas in my life, yeah. and I've had many different pizzas from different restaurants. They've they've all been really good in their own way, but I, I don't usually compare them because I'm just like, oh, I like this pizza for this reason. Oh, this one was really good for this. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it doesn't add up to this pizza though. I've never done that, so I don't. I try not to do that with musicians either. Yeah, it's weird. Yep, but he's still, I think he's an octopus, octopus in a human's body. Oh, and actually, uh, on that note, just before we move on real quick, if, if you want to hear Danny Carey cover Rush so goddamn badly, it happened recently during the pandemic. Uh, there's a channel, uh, Two Seconds to Midnight or something like that, that had the lead singer of Coheed and Cambria, Les Claypool from Primus, Danny Carey on drums, and the guitars of Mastodon cover Anthem by Rush. And holy shit, is it amazing. <laughs> Did you hear it? Is that why you're laughing? I, oh my God, this is, this is fantastic. Um, okay. So one of my sentences for intermission has to do with someone that was a part of that. So the fact that you brought that up and I didn't have to, I'm like, I am so pleased. Uh, I, I will say though, that, that if you, you want to hear Danny Carey cover yeah. Neil Peart so bad and also Anthem's one of my favorite Rush songs. And so it's God, it sounds so good. It sounds so yeah. damn good. Oh yeah. But we'll move on from that now. Cause I think we've gone off and we haven't really done a tangent in a while. And that was a. They're the all first... related. Well, yeah, yeah, it all ties in, but I guess yeah. it kind of diverted from the album a bit <laughs> itself. Fair. So once again, we're not covering song number four, which is Useful Idiot, just a kind of tiny little noisy interlude. It's not really a song. So we'll move on to song number five, 46 and 2. Another one of those like a recognizable tool songs in a way. I don't know. That title always comes up. Um, I First line I have, I know I haven't heard a lot or I guess a massive amount of Tool songs, but I 100% know that I like this one. I've heard this one the most. Um, didn't know what album it was off of. It's just one of those, you hear it because someone shows it to you and then you just obsessively listen to it because you like it. So I this, is, this isn't quite my Eagles victim of love, but I definitely really like this one. The... Uh, the intro kind of reminds me of Home by Dream Theater, but I mean, like, it kind of has like a, like a, I don't know, like a Middle Eastern-y vibe. I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is. It, it must be some sort of tuning on the guitar itself to kind of make it sound a little, like, a little sparkly, little 
dirty sparkly. I don't know. (laughs) It's like it's dirty gritty, but it also kind of has a little sheen to it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 hard to describe, but I like it. Um, I I'm kind of suspicious of the song because it's pretty calm for the first two minutes, and then it re- like it relies heavily on the bass to do most of the lifting until it really breaks through and you're rewarded with like a chef's kiss payoff. Well, that's the thing about a lot a lot of Tool songs too. Like even if it sounds like one portion of the song or a chunk of the song is being carried by one thing or another, you know the other things are going to pick up eventually because they're just not the kind of band that will let one thing slide. I don't think, like, Tool didn't have just, like, you know, an acoustic song, for example, where it's just, like, the guitars and vocals type thing Mm -hmm. or something like that. Like, it's always, like, a full band effort. So you you know to expect more as the song goes, especially this song being, what, six minutes and three seconds. So it's in there somewhere. Yeah. I there's there's no way this song is over six minutes. Like I refuse. Just to barely, that. just barely. It does not feel like it. It not one time at all did it lose any of my attention. It just it kept going. It was different enough. It just it. Uh, I find no faults in this one. Uh, yeah, and I mean, who's to argue? Because I mean, like forty six and two is. Uh, a really good song and I'm not just going to speak on this song in general I'm going to say this about my my entire ranking list we've, we've mentioned this on the show before there's albums that we do where even when we rank a song as last place in our rankings doesn't mean it's a bad song some song is going to ha- there's going to be songs in the bottom half of this list whether we want them to be there or not they could yeah. all be tens for example but some of those tens are going to have to be in the bottom half of the list so just because 46 and two to me is one of those songs that I really like. Uh, I won't say where it is on my list, but it's not super high up. I'll say that much. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, still really like this song. So you couldn't convince me otherwise. Um, but yeah, this this song has like a really kind of cool meditative feeling in the beginning of it. So it's just it's yeah. and again, there's many points like that on this album, too. They're very good for it. They have that psychedelic element to them in a way. So that's really cool. And, like, the bass riff with the auxiliary percussion is such a great combination going through the beginning, too. I really, really enjoyed that. Now, I'm not certain if the My Shadow portion is, like, par- is part of the chorus itself, or maybe it's, like, a pre-chorus. But it's if it is the chorus, it is the best-sounding one so far. Like, I really, really like the way this one sounds. Yeah. And just, like, although, like, once the whole muscle memory, 42 and 6 are enemies, like, when that part comes in, like, that part's really cool, too. But just the My Shadow portion is such a... A nice flowy course with like these aggressive vocals that don't like really snarl or anything. Like they push forward enough without being too angry, which sounds really good to me. And just the flow of the instrumentals are fantastic for that reasoning alone. Um, some of the structuring in the song, though, I will say is slightly similar so far. Like obviously, every song has sounded kind of different in their own way, and that's that's mm. great. But I'm just talking about like structurally, like you have like you know portion of the song like the kind of intro type thing you have your verse course long ass bridge middle and then it kind of goes into different sections from there i was kind of noticing that here not that it's necessarily an issue because like it's always been so exciting no matter what's happening regardless yeah. but so maybe maybe mentioning that's irrelevant but at the, i did notice it enough to make a note about it yeah. And it even says in my, it says right here in my notes too, it, it's too hard to care about that. It's it's like Primus being super repetitive when we listen to Sailing Seas of Cheese. It was all super fun regardless, so it didn't really matter how many times they repeated. 
Yeah, yeah. It's like watching a rerun of your favorite show. You're like, yeah, I know what's going to happen, but I still enjoy it. And I'm not turning it off. Like, listen to Les Claypool, Les Claypool play American Life on bass. It's the same damn riff of the entire song. But guess what? American Life's a great song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't really matter. So it's the same thing with Tool in the same way. Um, okay, a, a gripe, I guess. The ending was a little drawn out, in my opinion, for this one. Uh, I, I don't hate it, but just like, I don't know. It could have been slightly shorter in this case, though, just because it felt like they were just they were pushing and drawing just to reach a, like a runtime. It could have been like thirty seconds or something shorter, but I don't know. It, it's hard to explain without. I don't even know how to explain that part. All I know is that like when I was listening to it, I was like, it feels like this could have ended a little earlier. I like what I'm hearing, but at the same time, it feels kind of unnecessary. They're they're tapping the nails in the coffin at the at the. Yes, the end. Supposing so, yeah, just because, like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they got their main points out through the most of the song. They even had, like, their jam sessions, atmospheric parts, everything like that. It all sounded great. Didn't need to stretch on for as long as it did, but it's just my opinion. And you shall keep it, because I do not have any more. Excellent news. That means we move on to not song number six because we're not talking about uh, the song Message to Harry Man... Harry Manback. What a troll name. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I just... Actually, I did write a note for it, although it doesn't count towards the scores. I just said, thankfully, I'm not Harry Manback. I'd hate to be threatened so much by a nameless phone caller. (laughs) Um, But here we are on the internet doing music commentary where we're eventually going to be threatened for something. I I did have, like... Because I, I wrote uh, just a couple things for a few of these ones that we aren't doing, yeah. um, just because we were unsure if we were going to include them, right? So um, I just put the music bed is pretty consistent, just piano, and it feels like when I talk to my cats in a pleasantly soft way, but I'm really just telling them that they stink and I could murder them at any moment. Yeah, fuck you, man. You're going to die. You're going to get cancer. <laughs> I did not think that's where that was going to go because I'm listening to it. And then it just, it turned real quick. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it really did. It got, it got strange after a while, but just, I can't get over the name Harry Man back. That can't be a real <laughs> name. That is a troll name. I like yeah. it. <laughs> Alrighty, so we'll move on to song number seven since we're not scoring six. Hooker with a penis. What a name. Speaking of great names, Hooker with a penis. You couldn't get a better song title than that. It's another one that I recognize, but I know I've never heard before. This one I loved growing up. Maybe because the, the lyrically it's hilarious, really. Because like this is literally just recalling like an incident with a fan who said that they were selling out. And he's just like, well, fuck you. You buy my music. So like, who cares? Oh, because, yeah, that's the whole, I think the, the entirety of the lyrics, like, yeah, at a show, like, back in the early 90s, there's like, man, you guys are selling out. And it's like, you buy our You're fucking here. records. You bought tickets to be here. You yeah. wear our merchandise. Like, fuck you. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it also, I, I could go through, like, this is one, a song I'd love to do a lyrical analysis on because there's not really an analysis. It's literally just recounting and Maynard just ripping on this guy relentlessly through the entire song. I fucking love it so much. But yeah, this song feels like both punk and metal at the same time. I know it has aspects of both in it. It's so crunchy in the beginning. The riffs feel slightly punkish to start out the song. It's great how his vocals in the chorus are even kind of like bluesy in a way too. So like you're kind of getting like all these mishmashes of like different genres. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he has like a, he has a bluesy presentation in his voice in the chorus which I really like even though he's screaming but like melodically it's bluesy 
it's just a great mix of like you know feeling going all around in this one um i found that to me this song was the most i guess quote normal so far i mean despite the name despite the title um it didn't really seem to throw me too many curveballs which is totally okay and refreshing it was very straightforward like this is it which is cool i was down for it uh i love that the bass is so forward um if you've heard me gush before about the bass i mean nothing has changed now i still absolutely love it yeah you've given up on horns but you still love bass oh my god well the there's just something about like really deep bass that just rattles my organs out of place and i love it uh horns If you don't normally have horns and then I hear them, I'm like, ooh, what is that? Very interesting. If you have an entire album with horns on it, I'm like, they're starting to grate on me maybe after track five. I already called you out for this song. I'm not going to call you out again. Uh, There's the title card. There's the the title card. I already put, yeah, I put up Bungle. Now I'm going to have to put up Fishbone. You're supposed to at least space in 30 seconds apart. Give me time here. Oh my god! I I don't even remember what I. You know what? We didn't do fishbone. You know what? That was just a that was a blackout moment in my in my life here. But you rated it so well, and now you want to get rid of it, do you? You know what? People are allowed to change. Oh no! Um, you hate it. Excellent. Redux. <laughs> um, and I guess really my last one for this is just it. It felt there was something about this song that felt unsettling. It like f- sounded off. So, like, if this song was a person and they were walking towards me, I would walk the other way. I'm like, please don't kill me. I'm leaving. Well, because this song would be directed at you specifically because, like, again, this song is about an encounter with a fan that he just said, fuck you to, essentially. Maybe that's the intensity that I'm feeling, but I'm like, this is just, it's unsettling and it makes me feel weird. Because <laughs> the entire first verse is describing what the guy looks like, what the interaction was, and, th- and then all the other lyrics are just like, I, like... I sold out before you even knew who what my name was. I sold my soul to make a record, and you bought one. Like mm-hmm. he's just kind of ripping on this guy. I got some advice for you, little buddy. Before you before you point your finger, you should know that I'm the man. If I'm the fucking man, you're the fucking man as well. So you should point that fucking finger up your ass. Like he's just oh going God. on this guy. I love oh the lyrics Lord. of the song so much. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely the feeling I'm getting from it. So I mean, mission so yeah, you. This is like meeting a drunk belligerent person walking down the street oh, and they're, they're walking on the same sidewalk as you yeah. and it's like, you try to like look down and walk past them and they're just like <laughs> what the fuck are you looking at and you, although yeah. you're looking at the sidewalk yeah yeah that's yes. what the song is <laughs> yeah that's exactly how I feel so yep yeah th- this is just an aggressive tune overall I really do like it though it sounds great yeah this one feels a little more straightforward in the way of just being like a metal track mm-hmm. but like that, there's nothing wrong with that at all it's a fantastic track it's one of my favorites on the album spoiler alert I guess but still Fantastic. Love it. Nice. Alrighty then. So we'll move on. Uh, I guess we're not technically talking about intermission either, but we uh, we do apparently have like a note each about it. Yes. I mean, I just simply said a simple interlude into the song Jimmy. The title says it all. So let's all go to the lobby and get, our, get ourselves a treat. Um, one, feels like I'm at a baseball game and I like it. Two, So you were talking about Two Seconds to Midnight. So the host of that YouTube entity is Guarcinio Hall. Now, he wrote a theme for the pro wrestler Danhausen. Why did that make sense? And I know who both those people are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so um, that He looks like Danhausen. 
the beginning, I know, uh, if he was in like mayhem, um, the beginning of Danhausen's theme, as soon as I heard intermission, I was like, oh my God, this sounds like that. So I went to the YouTube page to see if I was correct. Then I saw the, then I saw that anthem cover and all of that happened about five hours ago. Oh my God. If you, if you watch that anthem cover, I'm telling you right oh, now. Oh, I did. Like, oh, it was awesome. Cause as soon as I heard it, I was like, Hey, this is rush. What is this? And I saw all of the people in it. I'm like, how did he get all these people? Name recognition. <laughs> now. Awesome. Can I just say that Claudio sounds fantastic as Getty Lee? Yeah. Like, like fucking Claudio from a uh, Coheed and Cambria. Like, holy oh, shit. Yeah. To be honest, like out of that whole tro- troop there, like, uh, I'm most unfamiliar with Mastodon, although that's one of those bands that it's like on my to-do list. Like I definitely, I've heard, yeah. like I've heard, hey Chris, you'll love this. I'm like, I bet I will, but one day. Yeah. That, oh my god, that's me and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally everything in my life, including going to the bathroom. One day, <laughs> one day. Not now. Oh, I don't yeah. have time. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I got to go right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to song number nine. The actual song. The the, the pre-interlude was intermission, I guess, if you want to call. I don't know the actual name for it, but this is Jimmy. So here we are. It's uh, it's so interesting that the song can seem like so mellow and tense at the same time. That was like one of the first thoughts that came to my head. Mm-hmm. Like you got these like quiet chuggy riffs in the verse that kind of add that tension and it adds it really well while everything else is just kind of flowing. So I don't know. I really enjoyed that aspect of the track. Uh, there was a bit of a, like a bridge and a breakdown that has some distorted bass in the middle of the track as well. I thought that was a great touch. It's, uh, the bass always has a great tone on this album, but especially when it's distorted, I really mm-hmm. enjoy it even more so. Like the clean tones are fine, but yeah, like the, I don't know. I love, I love bass distortion. What can I say? Oh yeah. Um, I don't actually have like a, a vast uh, amount to say about this. Um, this is the one that I felt it kind of dragged a little bit. Um, it just, it didn't hook me as well as the other ones did. I can confidently say I wouldn't turn it off, but it's just, it's not as, I guess, I don't know, audibly exciting to me. Um, I, uh, it graded on me how long the word home was sustained for. Yeah, I was, I was antici- there for a while. <laughs> I was anticipating it ending and it didn't. I was like, okay, I'm checking my watch and I'm like, come on. And I'm pretty sure he did it twice. And I think the third time it cuts it. And I'm like, okay, good. We're not doing this repetition <laughs> bullshit two times. One, one that's different. I'm okay with that. Um, I did notice now I'm not really too sure what uh, terms I should be using, but I could hear like a sort of, I don't know if it's a, like a drum pattern or what, but he's like riding the ride. And it reminds me of Rush's test for echo because Neil does it on there. And so I wanted to see, because I know that Tess Freco came out in 96 as well. That album came out seven days before this one. Hmm, so I'm starting to think maybe this is just some sort of like, like musical, not trend, but just, you know, when things come up and down in music and then you get a bunch of people doing the same thing. Maybe it is a trend, but, uh, but hearing that here and knowing that it's in Tess Freco, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of curious now, and I'm really wanting to hear similarities between albums that were released around the same time, just to see if there's something there. But 
Aside from that, I really liked it. Uh, rave reviews for the drums as per usual. Yep, that's once again, that's Danny Carey for you. Yeah. And I do have one last note, but funny, it ties into the very first thing you said, like pretty damn close. I'll read it verbatim too. So far, this track isn't catching me nearly as much as the previous ones. It still sounds great, but overall, it isn't as gripping or intriguing as the others. Yes, and I, I don't know Practically what it parallel. is. Practically parallel. Yeah, this is the, one of the first times that we've actually agreed on that point specifically. What, of like something not catching us properly? Or, or like if you, you say, oh, I really like the length. I'm like, not too long. Or I'm like, oh, I liked it. And you're like, not too long. So this, I feel like this is one of the first times that we actually agree on just something that has to do with, I don't know, the the bass song itself. Maybe. I, I feel like cause there, there, there's other times when you've accused me of like looking at your notes because I was almost so dead on about it. So I think it's happened more than once. Well... Yeah, I, I guess, I guess my, uh, my, my brain is still covered in mucus. So, I mean, forgive me, forgive me. Just take a shovel and one layer at a time, <laughs> mucus comes off. That's what neti pots are for. It's not to clean out your nose. It's to clean all the mucus off your brain. Yeah, because your, your nasal passage goes actually directly to your brain because your yeah. brain needs oxygen, right? But because you got to have a cold or a flu in this case, yeah. it's just congested by mucus. So, yeah, get that neti pot up there. Why not, yeah. right? And that that's how deja vu is brought upon is because as you're pouring the neti pot through your nose, it's wiping off all of the past lives off your brain. So the more you use it, the more deja vu you're going to have because you're remembering past lives until it's like this really small peanut. And then uh, I'm not really sure what you would be. Maybe like tadpole something <laughs> just so just remember kids yes your your brain your nose is connected to your brain so that way when you yes. do cocaine it crusts your brain like a shake and bake chicken <laughs> i was thinking homer simpson and the crayon but yeah yeah oh, i just gets lost in there. ah <laughs> uh, yes okay we'll move on now to song yep. number 10 oh this is in german so i hope i'm saying this right dear von satan I, I'm not, I don't speak German in the slightest. Dyer von Satan, something like that. I don't know, probably. Either way, that's what it is. Very short track, two minutes and 17 seconds. So I'll let you go first because uh, I do have the meaning of this track in my yes. notes. Okay, so I only, obviously, I don't know what kind of notes I could have for a two-minute song. Um, it definitely makes for a curiously unsettling transition piece um, it sounds like the devil works in a machine shop. Um, but the image that I have, which actually, uh, if you're keeping track, is the first mental image, I'm pretty sure, of the, well, first ridiculous mental image I have had for this episode. Um, I imagine that you're there, you're tied to a chair, and the devil is walking around this chair, talking into your ear and threatening you in front of a crowd. Uh, but ultimately, you die for the crowd's amusement. I, I'm I'm kind of snickering over here only because I know what the song's actually about. Yeah. And I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain that in a minute. Ooh. I have two notes prior to what the song is actually about, and so I'll just get through that, and then I'll tell you what the song's about. So okay, I I think this is obviously the most industrial song on the entire album because oh my god, like, everything literally. about it. And I sure do like industrial music, and like I mean, this is more like later industrial, but so it doesn't matter. Regardless, it, it's still the most industrial track. It's it's really awesome. I love it. 
Um, it could be one of the bigger industrial songs in their entire catalog, but I would have to go back really? and listen to things, or someone can correct me in the comments because I'm admitting that I could very well be wrong. Uh, this one definitely feels like more of an interlude than anything else, but it still kind of counts as its own track, so that's why we're covering it. Um, it does have some badass instrumental backings, though. I love it. You have the backwards drum samples, like the, the bass and the guitar that are just super gnarly, crunchy, and all these noisy stabs that keep coming in. It's so goddamn good. Again, industrial music is, is fantastic. All right, those are my notes. And now, what the song's actually about. Realistically, yes. the song is fucking hilarious. Because translated, the title is The Balls of Satan. Uh, And the lyrics, which I I had to look up the English translations, are literally just a recipe to make cookies. Really? Wait, (laughs) I feel like I've heard that before, but didn't know, like, what song it was or who it was by. But I feel like I've heard that as, like, lore before. And, uh, like, apparently, like, aside from, like, the German talking, the song Maynard in German in the background, the song says a certain line, which translates to uh, without the eggs or something like that. So basically making a cookie recipe without eggs. Uh, And so they they played us all for fools thinking that this song was probably about Nazis and Satan and stuff. Like, no, it's... Maybe the cookies are called Satan's Balls. I don't know. But regardless, the lyrics are literally just a recipe for cookies. But, like, that's literally what I imagine, though, because you got the crowd. And, but you imagine you know, people dying and shit. This is just about making yeah. cookies. Oh, no. No. Well, hey, you know what? They could they could be celiac. You put wheat in that, they could die. I could tell you a thing or two about that. That's what I'm saying. So you can relate. That's why I said I, it. I, uh, I don't know if I'll die, but I'll blow it out really hard and die later in my life because of whatever. That's a whole other thing. You'll, you'll be like, um, like, what's your face in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where you turn in, like, you blow it out so bad that you just explode. Oh, I got a blueberry for a daughter. Who the fuck yeah. is it? Violet Beauregard. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I have, I have a love-hate relationship with that movie, the original one with Gene Wilder, because yeah. I love it, but I also love just ripping it apart. I yeah. don't know why. It's just, I don't know. It's funny. Uh, if we were a movie podcast, that would be the first one we do. Like I can we say that right. Po- if we now. were a movie podcast, I would I would know even less about what I was talking about than I do right here. Oh, I don't. We don't have time to review a movie a week, anyways. I mean, there's an album, but I mean, like movies, there's so much more going on than just an album. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure every single week. That's it. That's all we do. I've only seen half that movie. <laughs> I swear to God. I Every have... time I sit down to watch it, something always stops me for one yeah. reason or another. And so, like, probably I've... the movie. <laughs> I mean, possibly, because I wasn't super yeah. entertained by it. Yeah, I, I've seen that movie, I swear to God. I've seen that movie more times than I've seen my parents. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that movie. <laughs> I feel like I have some of that with movies, too, but I can't remember which ones. But that's irrelevant. Anyway, we're going to move on to song number 11, Push It. As one giant word, you know. So this is a cover of uh, Salt and Peppa's giant early '90s hit, "Push It." If you remember, exactly. Yep, I'm into it. No, it's obviously not that uh, funny joke. Anyways, this song, the song's hard to attach to because of how it flows. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the song's in three four time, but like I'm not certain if it actually is because there's like a lack of a consistent feeling, like downbeat. That, and like it just makes the song float rather than like you know allow it to be head like head nodding or anything mm-hmm. um okay so ridiculous uh image i got right from the get-go uh as it starts it kind of sounds like mosquitoes buzzing 
So I was just imagining those old 1970s Vietnam War clips, but with this song over it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Um, I do like the tempo to this one. It kind of puts me in like this weird contemplative state that I didn't ask for. Um, Maybe the preceding song set an unrealistic idea of how quickly this song would really get into it. And it feels like a slow burn. Yeah, a little bit, and especially considering that the song is uh, 9 minutes and 56 seconds, so it's another one of those really long ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, just continuing on with my note that I was saying earlier, too, about like, the verse and like flowing and everything, yeah. the chorus does kind of come in and like ground that out a little better, so I thought that was good. I do love the balance between the chorus and the verse when it comes to flow and feeling, so it kind of gives you more to experience in the song itself. It changes itself up, so it's obviously much more appreciated. Uh, another meditative section in the song on this album is in the middle of the song as well, yeah. like that that kind of bridge portion. Yeah. I do love these sections that kind of like come down and uh, they just like kind of let you take everything in that you're listening to. I've always appreciated kind of stuff like that, especially in albums like this when there's already a lot going on realistically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, though. Uh, I don't know if this is probably going to get me in trouble. The last few minutes felt a little uninspired. Um, it does sound great. Again, you can just lose yourself in this track, and it's it's really nice. I do like that and appreciate it. But it's not like it isn't already like you know hitting some of the same marks as previous al- like songs on this album. And for that reason, I think it's probably just a little too long. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, just <laughs> something about the end of it just. Everything kind of started to feel familiar at that point, whereas, like, the rest of the album was just kind of, like, taking me on this journey where every song was its own thing. Yeah. I I, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to explain this part without just completely dumping on it, which is what I'm not... I'm trying not to do. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it obviously made me feel this way for a reason, and it must have been a good, like, two minutes, I think, or at least three minutes that made me feel this way because it's, again, a te- like, nearly a ten-minute track. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It is a good song. I do like the way it sounds, but just the ending was just... uh, There wasn't much going on. Again, it didn't... Kind of like Jimmy, it didn't grab me too much at the end there, so... It didn't necessarily tank the score, but at the same time, it was just like one of the more underwhelming endings on this album. Um, so... Oh my gosh. You know, when you're telling me something, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to respond with this, and then as soon as it's my turn to talk, I'm like, I don't remember what the hell I was going to say. 100% same. Um, okay, so you were saying, um, that it was kind of like, kind of at a lull or whatnot for the last three minutes. Well, that's about, you know, six and a half minutes, um, like, is when you were like, okay, I'm kind of done with this. Uh, that's when I was like, oh, okay, I can pick this back up again. <laughs> so uh, the couple minutes before, I, I did make note that it was uh, six minutes 30 that I liked when it kicked in because before that, I was starting to question how much time there was left in the song and just at the right time to change it up just a little bit to kind of keep my attention and sort of stop it from slipping. Um, I was sort of... I don't know. I I definitely was lost in this entire track. It's, I don't know if it was a, I'm lost in it. I'm really enjoying it or I'm lost in it. It's just sort of there. So I did like before three, three and a half minutes, it was sort of the same kind of beat 
So I was kind of like, okay, when is this going to end? I'm glad that it changed a little bit. Um, again, I said at the beginning, I'm going to say it at the end, this whole album sounded so like it sounds so tight. It's just the musicianship is just too much for me to handle. I'm trying to listen to a flaw or just some sort of slip up. And I can imagine they weren't, you know, digitally putting this together and, you know, snipping this, cutting, pasting that. So like just having it sound like a computer did it is cool. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> one one of my my points is literally the drums are magic. That's it. Danny. And, and the I did like the loud sustained vocals at the end. I I like that. That was if you say that that is for 25 seconds on a different track, I would love to hear it because this was not even a well, like just write it right in your book, The Grudge. Uh, it is, and, then, and then I watch the movie and then I start talking about the movie. Yeah, it, it is another longer track. It is towards the end. I'll say that. But I mean, the, the song's excellent. So I'll just say sit through it anyways. But you trust me, when you get there, you'll know immediately. Like you'll you'll just you'll just know. All right. I hope everyone was listening to my pen writing in my book, but I definitely wrote it down. I didn't down. hear a whole lot of it. So I think I we're going to be OK. Yeah. So, yeah, it uh, I like the sustained vocals that in the entire song, aside from just the general overarching musicians. Uh, I really like that part. That was spot on. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that you said uh, that you like, you had a harder time catching on the beginning. Cause that kind of goes back to my first note, like how it's hard to attach yourself to because of how the song flows. Yeah. Like a downbeat is just like, you know where to nod your head type thing. Whereas like this song didn't really have a consistent feeling of that. So you're just kind of like, where am I in the yeah, sound yeah. space? Like you're floating in the ocean. You're just like unsure what's because like happen. one of the snares I believe were constantly on an offbeat, so that's what made it feel so strange, I guess. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Like again, it's hard for me to break down music theory because I'm not super into that, as yeah. we all know by now. Just like oh, you. God. Oh my god, me too. Alrighty then. So I guess we can move on to not song number twelve, which was Cesaro Some Ability. It's just another one of those noisy interludes, so we yeah. just kind of skip by that one, not counting towards our scores. So it's 13, technically the title track, although spelt just slightly differently. It's Anima, but it kind of looks like it says Enema, which lyrically, uh, like I, I won't break it down too much, but yeah, it is kind of like, he just wants California to fucking disappear off the map. Just He wants Armageddon to happen in California and just oh. kill all the yuppies and all that bullshit business types. Okay, I'm sorry, but you saying that completely meshes with my very first point. This song is when you have a, that highly predictable mental break and just lose it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair, fair enough because it's like you lose it enough that you're you're envisioning everyone's death. Because yeah. I mean, like even towards the end of the song, it's like I want to see tidal waves, I want to see meteors crash down, and all that kind of stuff. And just like he he tells me. One of the mo- like not motifs, but like one of the mantras at the end of the song is "Learn to swim, learn to swim, learn to swim," because mm-hmm. he wants California to sink into the ocean. And he's like, mm-hmm. "Fuck all of you!" And the- there's an entire "fuck you" portion at the end of the song where it's like, "Fuck yeah. this, fuck that, fuck that, fuck that." Like that's that's like literally like towards the end of the track. It's incredible. Damn. Very angry song. He does not like California, and uh, although the band started in L.A., I know that Maynard himself resides in Arizona. Oh. And that's where his uh, vineyard is as well. Is Merkin Vineyards, by the way. 
Uh, so yeah, that's where that is. So that's in, he even references like I'll see you all down in Arizona Bay or something like that. So like mm-hmm. he was already like well planted at that point. No pun intended. Interesting. But yeah, uh, anima or anima, whatever you want to call the song, it works so f- well in what I feel is like a six eight time signature. So it's like a little, I guess, just a little crazier than three four if you want to put it that way. It gives it really a, like an unnatural feeling, but still feels comfortable and catchy in a way. So I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the bass has been great all over this album. I mean, there's no denying Justin Chancellor and just like his, his playing, his tone, fantastic. But, I mean, in this song in particular, like, he really goes to town on it, too. It sounds great. The verses are kind of, like, led by his bass playing, which I really, really like. And even on that note, too, the, sec- the second verse is a great change-up from the first because, like, it ha- it's very similar but different feeling at the same time. And, like, there's this occasional sustained bass note that kind of plays throughout, which I really kind of enjoyed. It kind of fills out the soundscape a little more while more layers being added on. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just again, he did a fantastic job in this track on the album, but like again on this track, uh, the chorus is excellent, heavy, aggressive, without being like way too much so or anything like that. It's great, straightforward metal riffing in the chorus, so I can really appreciate that. Um, I mean, the, I get some pretty positive notes about the second half of the albums, uh, not the album, the song. So if you want to take over from here, now's the chance. Yeah, um, I didn't have, I guess, anything different than what I've been saying for this entire album. Um, I really still like that you can hear each drum, and it's not just a muddled mess of cymbals. There's a very good use of the whole kit. It is all done with purpose. You can tell. I love it. That guitar solo was like like soaring like it literally sounded like he was shooting lasers from the headstock i imagine as like an eagle soaring type thing yeah. just because there was a, like a lot of sliding in the solo so that's kind of it made, made me imagine like wings gliding on the air type yeah. thing and it's just he's just shooting the eagles out of his headstock so it's like, like a judas priest type oh eagle it's like the mechanical eagle yeah it was fucking cool um and Screaming then for vengeance my, my my last two are and verbatim it makes my brain tingle and asterisks shocked Pikachu. <laughs> that's all. I, I know exactly what image you're referring yeah. to. And that that's all it was. It's just, I'm listening to just like, oh my God. And like, so my mouth is just gradually <laughs> dropping. Yeah. And that's all, that's all I got for this one. It was just, um, it was a mind melting yeah. experience. Yeah. You might as well just put a check mark on the list for that one. Yeah. Good positive feelings about that one we haven't heard a note like that since stink fist so hey that's that's gotta be promising somehow yeah all right so yeah the the, the first half of the song is great but then for, i said from 219 onward is my not only my favorite part of the song but my favorite part of the entire album this is where the songwriting gets like fucking nuts to me i love it uh it's the absolute highlight of the album lyrically musically structurally like it's all just amazing it's all just there like you have these percussive triplets and the bass riding it, and it's it's like really steady. It, it like it's just the best sounding thing. I love how everything combines there. Um, I I always feel like the entire thing is building up, and there are obviously moments of like kind of climax, but like it kind of it'll climax, go back to the building portion, climax, go back to the building portion. But I do like that though. I think it sounds really great. Um, it's just really menacing, especially in the fuck everything portion, which is like the second half of that 
middle section, I guess, if you want to call it that. Because mm-hmm. you have all these, like, more subtle sound layers kind of being added, and it really brings things to a boiling point, which I really enjoy that kind of, like, tension to it. Again, the vocals are fantastic, I mean, as they have been through the entire album. Uh, mostly clean and quiet as, like, you know, this background tension builds off of the anger of the lyrics because, again, just saying fuck everything, like, f- fuck you hipsters, fuck you gun-toting hip gangster wannabes, like, all these lyrics, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's only when he's at his angriest when I'm just like, holy shit, this is really cool. <laughs> First it was Hooker with a penis directed towards one person, but now it's being directed towards an entire state of people. Dang. At least in the year 1995 or 6 when this song was written. Yeah. Um, it all leads to a pretty explosive ending, though, especially the uh, like the dissonant chords at the end and the, like, the very guttural noises being made by Maynard. Really enjoy that. Just all around a fantastic track. Like, Anima has been, if not my favorite, definitely top three favorite Tool songs of all time. Interesting. That might spoil my placement on the list, but I don't really care because goddamn do I love this song. Yeah. It's all good by me. Interesting. Yeah, I got I have nothing else for that one. That was it. No worries then. So we'll move on to not song 14 because, again, we're not scoring ions because it's just like a bunch of static and stuff like that. Although, didn't you say you like wrote a- something for that? Well, okay, so... You don't have to share it if you don't want to, but... Okay, well, it's just... People are just going to think I'm constantly on drugs when really I just have a very By now, you couldn't convince people that you're not. I know. It's just my imagination. I spent a lot of time alone. Um, but uh, but no, just the, uh, the short-circuiting sort of sound just, to me, sounded like a stun gun. So I, I really built my image on someone using a stun gun, so... That was really a frying the ions in your brain. I don't know chemistry, so I don't know if that's a correct joke to make. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, they're fried to death. So, yes. All burning and crispy. So we can just <laughs> move on to song 15 because I, I, that's the thing. I'm not, I'm, I'm terrible with science. Yeah. I did, I did good in uh, astronomy when I was in grade nine. But then other than that, like biology, chemistry, just that is like learning French to me. It just doesn't work in my head. All right, so we'll move on to the final track of the album, the 13, nearly 14-minute Third Eye. What a finish to this one is. Uh, uh, from the get-go, uh, I did have to Google where the uh, beginning spoken word part came from um, because I just, whether it's a comedy special, whether oh, it's it was, comedy, yeah. I was gonna say, whether it was written for the song, doesn't matter. I found it hilarious and I liked it uh, a lot. Um, this song, this whole fucking song definitely feels like a trip. The, the I have title, that written down, yes. The title could have just been called like laptop computer and I still would have felt the same way. So I know that sometimes the title may kind of lead you in a certain way to feel a certain way or to th- sort of have those ridiculous, vivid mental images. Um, but this one definitely felt kind of meditative sort of out there um i i just wanted to lay here with headphones on with my eyes closed and just just listen to it we're doing that thing again where we're reading each other's notes yes oh i i have more but i i want to see if you get any of mine now well i i do i do mention from right from the get-go like (laughs) fittingly enough especially with the name of this song the song definitely feels like a trip a very long trip yeah um I do mention great use of tom drums with like like these really sweeping soundscapes that eventually kind of get noisy, but I really do enjoy that. 
that and all the voice clips that keep popping up, it's an interesting choice to have this as a closure by doing all those voice clips. Yeah. Did you ever see who the comedian was in the beginning? Did you were, were you able oh, to find I that? Oh, I googled it and I don't Bill, remember what his name. Not Bird, maybe. I don't remember because I know he like one of the bills. I can't remember their fucking names. I'm not good with comedians because like I, I like stand up comedy, but only to an extent, I guess. That I don't really know a lot of well, names. It's still in my Google search history. His name is Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks, not Bill Burr. Bill Hicks. Yes, I'm aware of him. He was super popular, especially amongst that crowd. Uh, and he died in the 90s, I believe, or oh. two th- early 2000s. But yeah, like he was incredibly popular. My friend, of, a friend of mine, showed me one of his skits, was just like uh, how much he hated marketers and stuff like that. And I thought that was, <laughs> I thought it was a really funny sketch. Uh, not a sketch, but a stand-up routine. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Um, the, the, so this song is essentially broken into quarters. If you look at the clock, which I kind of did while like watching this, uh, not watching, but listening to it, mm-hmm. it changes in quarters. So like you kind of get like a good idea for like, you know, this song being like almost four different tracks in a way, oh. but not quite. The first quarter of this track is so subdued and you can just feel the sense of building the entire time. It's like the dam's about to break at any minute. Yeah. Uh, And I did mention one of the more psychedelic tracks on the album. Not saying that we haven't had moments of psychedelia on the album, but it really feels this way in this one. (laughs) The second quarter of the song is kind of a messy trip. A lot of guitar work layered on top of itself and each other and everything like that. It's it's great to just lay back and listen to. It's not relaxing, but it's just perfect to close your eyes and take it all in. There you go. Yeah. Kind of jumping in on your point there. Yeah, hell yeah. The third quarter of the track definitely has more um, of a meditative vibe to it as well. For the most part, it's quiet while Maynard just kind of goes off with some poetry. Uh, Don't get too cozy, though, because it does get loud as it goes along, too. It gets a little more noisy. And it's funny because before the first prying open my third eye moment, which happens like far into the track, again, third Mm -hmm. quarter, the, the, the vocal and just like musical part of it has a very emotional feel to it. One of the more emotional feels of the album so far, just in this one little part. And then he starts screaming, prying open my third eye. So then that kind of changes things up a little bit. Brings you into the final quarter of the track, which seems to just be like a very heavy and charging wrap up of everything altogether. And just really one more note for this one. I just say like, ultimately this track kind of feels like a culmination of like everything that this album has given us so far. Like, I like when albums do that, especially because it feels like its own like little reprise or curtain call in some way. So yeah, I really yeah. enjoy that. Yeah, it's like, um, dang. Well, I was I was going to jump onto that and I completely lost it. I am just very concerned that the goddamn cat's going to jump on me again. Uh, we've had we've had so many weeks without the cats, and now I <sighs> had to come back eventually. Ah, uh, yes. Practically yeah. a mainstay at this point. What? Oh, there what, it is. What comes around goes away. Toss it violently against the wall. It'll never show up again. (laughs) And we're done. Um, Anyways, uh, yeah, pretty much everything you said just really was my notes. Again, I got lost in it, but I think that's sort of the best quality to possess in a song where you can just sort of listen to it and just take it all in without sort of overanalyzing it, I guess. Um, I like the slide I find that it adds texture to the guitar without sort of changing the tone or the feel at all. Well, not the feel, the tone or the sound. It definitely changes the feel. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I like that a lot. 
Um, and my last note is that I thought the song was going to end because I didn't really notice that it was in like different parts. I only noticed when it kind of got quiet and I was like, oh, it's over. But then the bass drum comes knock, knocking back at my door and is like, would you like some cookies? I'm like, yes, I would. Please come in. And then, then the rest of the song comes in. So it was nice. They brought me some Finn mints. I liked it. Not even necessarily that was in parts. Like I just mentioned the quarters because I noticed like there was these slight changes in tone and everything like yeah. that through these quarters. So it is still one long track, but yeah, like it's interesting. And I think the knocking that comes towards the end is like a very quiet kind of bass kick knocking, I think. Yeah. But it was just like it came in and I was like, oh, hello, you are back. I thought you were gone. <laughs> just with the way the song ends, I was half expecting you to say like the bass was knocking on your door, had cookies, and you brought them in. Yeah. And instead of coming in, they just whipped a plate of cookies at your face. Yeah. And they were weed cookies, too. Oh. <gasps> Oh, man. And then we listened to the whole album again together. Now, then you listen to Lateralis after that. <laughs> yeah, th that ending was weird, too, because, like, everything was kind of, like, offbeat with itself, and everything was just kind of, like, weird random noise. Not not quite random noises, but just, like, random placements mm -hmm. of, like, hits and everything like that, which I thought was interesting. I thought it was cool. It felt very broken, but at the same time, I guess, felt appropriate in the way. Like, it just, I don't know. What do you do with a progressive band? You put shit in the wrong place and it still sounds like a song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a cupboard that you just cram things into. But you can find everything perfectly. It's just if someone else opens it and looks at it, they're like, I don't know where this is. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's right here. It's perfect. It's fine. Don't it's worry good. about it. It's fine. Yeah. It's Stop fine. looking and just take it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well. With that said, I mean, awkwardly enough, I guess, we are at the end of Tool's Anima. So, yeah, we technically 10 songs, but although it's a 15-song album, but we yeah. made it 10 songs that we actually reviewed. So, yeah, if you enjoyed what you listened to today, make sure you let us know. Like, subscribe, comment, share, rate, follow, all those things. Let us know your opinions on this album. We are more than happy to hear it. Please just don't do the whole righteous, you have to be smart to understand this thing. If you do that, I'm going to just assume you're a troll at that point. Whatever. Mm -hmm. You can't troll a troll, sweetheart. Anyways. And, <laughs> and you can't say that you watched the, or listened to us watch the video because we have mentioned it multiple times. So you're like, oh, I watched this and then I have these opinions. You would already know. We're just, just play it cool. Be cool, please. Remember the grain of salt. Beginning. That's what we told you. Exactly. But yeah, let us know what you thought about the album. That's great. But the thing is, you don't just have to tell us about that. You can tell us more, especially about song rankings if you have them, because that's what we're moving into next. We need to put these songs in some sort of order. Again, I don't think we hated any of the songs on this album, but at the same time, one's got to come in at number 10 and one's got to come in at number one. Uh -huh. So we should probably do that now. So above our heads, boom, graphics have changed. Our names, our numbers, and now we need to put song titles from Tools Anima into this list. So let's get this fired off. For once, I forgot to write the list on paper, so I wasn't doing X's or question marks, track marks, or anything like that. Uh, so I'm just going to randomly throw it out there, too. I'm going to go ahead and say two as well, because I don't think our number ones will match. Potentially, yeah. I guess so. I would like to think so, but probably not. Yeah. And also, after our, our complete shutout of Mr. Bungle last week, we went from Tripping Daisy getting four. Mr. Bungle went to zero. Actually, Kate Bush was zero, too, so we're, we're on this weird pattern now. So we should get four now. Or at least a number that's not zero. Yeah, this, this is true. All right. 
All right, so again, only rating 10 and not 15 songs. So song number 10, I have Jimmy. Uh, Satan, because I'm not going to say the rest of it. Dyer von Satan. I, even yes. if I said that wrong, I don't care. I'm here yeah. for it. Number nine, I have Dyer von Satan. <laughs> and I have Jimmy. Excellent. Good start. Good start. Mm. Number eight, 46 and two. Hooker with a penis. Man, that one's a good one, too. Number seven. Oh, can't be tens. No, they can't, but you can rate them differently. Number seven, <laughs> H. Uh, yes, we agree on that one. Okay, we got an H. Okay, cool. Yes, yes, yes. We don't. We have a one, we have an H. Number six. Ooh, ah, push it. <laughs> Eulogy. Okay. I'm literally ripping off the way the gang grumps say that, by the way. Oh, my God. Okay, so number five, eulogy. <laughs> God damn these one-offs. I don't think we had many one-offs last week. Oh, so my God. I want to show you now. I want to show you my list just to show you I'm not lying, but my number five is push it. Ooh, ah, push it. I love how this is working out so far. Oh, my God. It's not. Uh, number four, third eye. Yes. Okay, there's two. Oh, my God. Our list is fairly similar. This is great. More Fairly. or less, right? Even with the one-offs, like just being that close. Yeah. And it, 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 at, at this rate, even if our number ones don't match, they're still very close at this point. Yeah. It's top three regardless. This is great. My number three is Hooker with a Penis. Uh, anima is how I'm going to say it from now on. Anima. 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 You listen to Adam Jones. Not Anima. Alex Jones. Not Alex Jones. Adam Jones. <laughs> please get get your Joneses oh, right. God. Please yeah. listen to Tom Jones. Listen to Adam Jones, but not Alex Jones. Yes, exactly. That, that is the simple rule of life. Number two, Stink Fist. Forty six and two. Forty six and two. My number one, obviously enough, is Anima. Stink Fist. Stink. I I had a feeling. I when thought you, when I, you said I, that we weren't going to match, I immediately knew that Anima wasn't going to be your number one. I. I thought, well, to be fair, my one, two, and three all had the same score. So it was just, which one do I like the most? Which is, like, which one of my children do I like the most? And, like, come on, that's easy, duh. Um, but I thought 46 and two was going to be my number one, because obviously most exposure, like, I really liked it. I liked it before coming here. Listening to Stink Fist, I'm like, wow, I cannot believe I've not heard this song before now. Like, what have I been missing in my life alongside this song? When I was like 13, I used to, uh, here in Hamilton, there is, a, or I don't know if it's still around, but there was a club called The Underground. And uh, I used to go see a lot of shows at The Underground because there was like a lot of metal shows back then. And there were a lot of like uh, tool wannabe bands. I won't name mm. them, but because they're probably not around anymore. But the idea is I'm not going to, I'm not going to embarrass anybody here. Yeah. Uh, one of them played Stink Fist, and I think that was my first exposure to the song, if I think correctly. But it's, I mean, that's a long time ago. That's Dang. almost 20 years at this point. Yeah, Regardless, yeah. I heard it, and I was just like, at the time, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I found out who Tool was, and then I, I think that's when I started listening like Sober and Schism. I was like, like okay, this is okay. even better. Yeah, then I oh. discovered like the three or four albums they had at the time there, and I was like, excellent. That's awesome. <laughs> well, then, we got our two. We called Woo. two. We got two. So bad. then that means next week for other episode, episode 36, we're going to get another zero. Yeah, big we're on that mistake. pattern so far. We have to. Womp, womp. 
Well, that's then, this is now, and that means we now have to move on to the album rating screen. We got to find out where Anna Onima, God, now you got me saying all weird. We have to find out where Onima is going, so let's go ahead and transition. Ah, yes, I missed you, the album rating screen. Here it is again with all the albums we've done in the past, and now we have yet another one to add to it. As per usual, Tools Onima is going somewhere on this list today, so I'm just super curious to know where this one's going to go, considering all the wonderful things we said about this album. I can only imagine where this can go. Is it you first or me first? Well, last week uh, you went first because it was Bungle, and I remember you tore the yes. Band-Aid off for that one. And by the way, just yeah. a quick update on that one because you, you you said you thought you rated California higher. No, you actually rated that album higher, the self-titled. Uh, you 76.5 for Bungle self-titled and 76 even for California. Dang. That is on our listened profile that you can find on ratetherecord.ca. If anyone cares to go check it out, go ahead and uh, join us over there. Follow us over there, please. <laughs> With that said, uh, we can now add Tool to that list, actually, because we're going to rate it. So I guess I'll go first. So right. it's funny because when we originally decided to do this album, what songs we're going to keep in, knock out, and everything like that, Intermission was originally in the mix. Yeah. And when that song was in the mix, my score was 79.09. But knocking that out, it boosted it just enough to put it at 81%. So I did indeed A minus tier this album at the very least. Yay! Okay, so uh, rip everyone's ears. Um, now, I don't remember what my score was with intermission. Uh, I was like, I don't know, 83 or something. I don't know. What it is now is 85.5, which is 85 to date my hot, I'm pretty sure my highest ranking album. Well, again, if, if anyone wants Personally. to know that, please go to our listen profile where we list all of these stats for you to see. Listen.com slash rate the record is there in our link tree or rate the record.ca. I'm just going to keep pushing that because I want people to follow us over there. I, I enjoy updating those stats. <laughs> See, I just don't want to go through the whole thing just to get to Brooks and Dunn to see that I rated that 90%. So 90? What are you what are you trying to troll people right now? No. But anyways, everyone's done the math by now since yes. I've already given the scores, but our score combined brings us to 83.25%. So da, obviously, da, da, yes, it is da, da, A. Da, still technically A minus though, but still it's still up there somewhere. So it's gotta be. But would you say 83.25? Okay, it is dead dead with uh california 100 it is 83.25 dead on wow oh no now we have what? to determine we have to determine which one comes now first because so, this this is actually big because not only determine who because we've done this with like i think it was grapes of wrath and big wreck where it's like oh we have to put one over the other because they were the exact same score yeah this is the first overall pick. But it, and it's the number one. Yeah, number one. This oh, shit. You know, I, I okay, we might not be able to decide this right now, but I'm, I'm going to put in my case saying that Mr. Bungle's California does a lot more for me than Tool. Not saying that Tool doesn't, but yeah. there was so much more to experience in California. There was so much more going on, different styles, and just like, I don't know, it was, it was, such, it was so crazy, but also just like, everything worked it was just so fun whereas tool feels like although maynard and tool can be trolls i mean like it felt more of a serious album huh and this is hard because you rated california higher than i did so that's your choice i rated tool higher than bungle um 
Yeah, I I'll, roll the dice. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what we're gonna do. Instagram we're gonna leave stories. It. Do a vote. That's also an option, but what we'll do is we'll leave that there for now, uncertain of its placing because this is going to require some discussion. This isn't just like, I, I think I told you like, oh, I liked Big Wreck more than Grapes of Wrath and you just agreed and we'd say, okay, Big Wreck oh, went yeah. past Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. This is one of those ones where I'm like, I honestly don't know who I'd put over the other on this one. I like them both for very different reasons. So this is down in the comments, please yeah. sell your case for tool. Or if you're a bungle fan, you like California more, sell your case for bungle. Like I'm, I would love to hear some opinions on where, who should be number one. Cause the thing is, if we dethrone bungle, that is oh holy shit. That is like nearly 20, that's 28 episodes consecutive. That has been number one. Yeah. So that, that's a huge chain to break. So this is a big choice. Hey, it wouldn't be the first King to be usurped. So, Supposing so, huh? I, I can't get over it. Oh, my God. Like, we have a potential new number one. We have a tied for number one. Like, I don't know. This this, this is, will have to be settled on social media. So, like, down in the comments, in our social media, at Rate the Record Podcast over on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I'm not just pushing that for the sake of pushing it. Like, I legitimately want to know people's opinions. RateTheRecord.ca. It's all in one spot. Exactly. That's even better than what I just said. Yeah. You want all our socials? They're there. You can Website. leave comments. Maybe maybe we'll open up a comment forum on the site. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Like that could yeah, even yeah. Be, that could be a thing too. Yeah. Start I, our own just straight up forum. Usually when we come to these endings of the episodes, I I'm like just good to go. It's like oh that was a weird episode. Anyways, haha. Do this. I'm like actually at a loss for words because that I I always thought to myself what would be the album to dethrone California, and. It could very well be Tool, depending on how things go. You and I are already kind of discussing it. We're likely going to keep discussing it. Yeah. Uh, so, I because the thing is, this isn't just a pass-off decision. This is a big decision. This is a number one placement. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, but anyways, yeah, that's that's exciting to me. I love this very much. Thank you very much for uh, being a part of this very exciting yeah. episode. Apparently, we sure hope you enjoyed it. Like, you can see, like, the fucking giddiness on me now. Jesus, I... <laughs> I don't show emotion. Who the hell am I? But here I am. Anyways, if you did like it, like, subscribe, rate, comment, share, follow, all those things. Build up this musical community. Let us know what you thought of Tool's On My Album. You can do that over on our social medias, uh, which is uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, which again is at ratetherecord.ca. But all those individual titles are at Rate The Record Podcast. You can also email us too. I mean, we can always shout those out, especially if you're mentioning like things like today's episode rate the record at gmail.com which can also be found on rate the record.ca everything is there by the way everyone clap for savannah she made rate the record.ca not the link tree the actual yeah, website we have now it took me forever but one day i was inspired and i pumped it out and i am very proud of it so yeah you did i want a lot everyone of, to see it please go you did a lot of hard work it looks great i mean like yeah. the link tree is always good to fall back on but i mean like it's nice to have like our own created landing page and Okay. Like you did like 96, 97% of that site. I had like very yes. minor things. I maybe said a couple of things, but other than that no. is all you. Come on. You did a lot of the whip cracking. So, I mean, give yourself credit for that. <laughs> Digital whip cracking. I just think you <laughs> give him, give him just of like eight, eight pixel or eight bit characters. And that's it. Yep. Yep. That's it. I understood. I love how I have to make the sound effects for the audio listeners. <laughs> Speaking of audio listeners, if you're out there in like Spotify and Apple and you just want to go ahead and give us a, like a really good rating or leave some comments or anything like that, help build us up in that that whole genre or subsection of that 
those platforms because that way more people can discover us. We're easily found the higher up we are with all those comments and ratings. So please do that. That'd be fantastic. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. And also, too, with all the ways you can support us, social media, and also leaving comments and ratings and stuff like that, don't forget, there is Kofi, Kofi.com slash rate the record. The completely... Oh, there I am being gas again. Completely <laughs> optional way, financial way of supporting the channel. You'll get a you, you, shout out uh, in the beginning of new episodes, uh, your name and a card at the end of the episode. And not only that, but uh, you can have like expedited requests. And there was also something else in there. Oh, yeah, bonus content. Now, obviously, we have bonus content that's already out, but like that's that. And we have new content that we're currently planning. So, yes, exclusive to Kofi. So, if you want to see some exclusive content, you might want to go ahead and hop on over there, kofi.com slash rate the record. Again, found on ratetherecord.ca. Mm-hmm. Everything is there. It is our landing page, ratetherecord.ca. Just go there. Everything you hear me mention is there. Yes. Hell yeah. But um, the one thing that's not there right now that we're working on, or could be out by the time this uh, episode is, is uh, the Google request form for uh, doing albums. So if you would like to request an album, you can do that. Uh, it's down in the description below of wherever you're listening, be it YouTube, one of the other platforms, doesn't really matter. It's down there. Request an album. We're going to do it because guess what? We have another one coming up in just a few weeks. <laughs> just got it. It's already on the list. It's all good. We're going to do this. It's all great. Yeah, yeah. So we can let you go from here, but just before we do, we do have one more thing we got to get past, and that is this tiny little hint that we like to give out regarding next week's episode. And on top of uh, the one Savannah's about to tell you, I will tell you that's also another anniversary episode, another milestone episode. So uh, ah. that's going to be exciting. But wh- who could this band celebrating a milestone even be? Well. This band had a massive hit in 1993, an entire year after its release. But by now, you know, some 30 years later, they absolutely hate it. And I'll spoil it right now. It's the sign by Ace of Bass. So next week we are covering Ace of Bass. You know, those, uh, I think they were accusing That song is going to be stuck in my head. Now that I started dancing to it, I'm thinking about it. Okay, then go listen to their song Wheel of Fortune, or there's another really popular one. Don't turn around. Yeah, uh, all all that she wants, don't turn around, and, uh, you know. The sign. The sign, that's it. The the, the album title. That one. Their biggest hit ever. So, yes, come back and join us next week for Ace of Base. No, it's not actually Ace of Base, but still, it's you should not. still come back and join us next week. But until then, go ahead and go listen to some awesome music like Tools Anima, obviously. Just yeah. an amazing, exciting <sighs> album for an exciting episode. Go listen to that. We'll see you next Monday. So take care, friends. <laughs>